0: Chapter sixteen of A Mysterious Disappearance by Louis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn Foxy. The keen, cold air of the streets soon restored the man to his habitual calm. He felt that a quiet stroll would do him good. As he walked, he pondered, and the more critically he examined Mrs. Hillmer's change of attitude, the less he understood it for some ridiculous reason he communed the woman believes her brother guilty now i shall have endless trouble at getting at the truth she will not be candid she will only tell me that which she thinks will help him and conceal that which she considers damaging this is a woman's way all the world over and a desperately annoying way it is perhaps i was to blame in springing this business too hastily upon her but there I like Mrs. Hilmer, and I hate using her as one juggles with a self-conceited witness. In future I shall trouble her no more. A casual glance into the interior of Sloane Square Station gave him a glimpse of the barrier, and he recognized the collector who had taken Lady Dyke's ticket on that fatal night when she quitted the Richmond train. Rather as a relief than for other cause, he entered into conversation with the official. "'Do you remember me?' he said. "'Can't say as I do, sir,' the man examined his questioner with quick suspicion. The forgotten season, Dodge, would not work with him. "'Maybe you remember these,' said Bruce, producing his cigar-case. "'Now, what's the game?' said the collector to himself. But he smiled and answered, "'Do you mean by the look of him, sir?' good laughed claude take three or four home with you meanwhile i am sure you remember me coming to see you last november concerning a lady who lighted here from victoria one foggy evening and handed you a ticket to richmond of course i do sir and the cigars are all right there was a lot of fuss about that lady did she ever turn up not exactly that is to say she died shortly after you saw her No! Well, of all the rummy goes, she was a fine-looking woman, too, as well as I recollect, looked fit for another fifty year. What's happened to her? I don't know. I wish I did. And have you been on the hunt ever since, governor? Yes, ever since. She's dead, you say? Yes. But how'd you know she's dead if you ain't seen her since? I have seen her. I saw her dead body at Putney. At Putney? Well, I'm blowed! A roar from beneath, the slamming of many doors, and the quick rush of a crowd up the steps, announced the arrival of a train. Pardon, sir, said the man. This is the 541 Mansion House, but don't go away. There's something. Tickets, if you please. In a minute the collector had ended his task. While sorting his bundles of pasteboards, he said, "'Nobody ever told me that before. "'And you ain't the only one on a track. "'Are you in the police?' "'No.' "'I thought not. "'But some other chaps who came here was. "'None of them ever said the lady was dead.' "'Why? "'What matter?' "'Oh, nothing. "'But two heads is better than none, "'if they're only sheep's heads.' "'Undoubtedly. "'The rule is all the more reliable "'when one of them belongs to a shrewd chap like you.' The collector grinned. He understood that he was being flattered for a purpose, yet he liked it. "'That's one way of looking at it,' he said. "'But if this affair's particular, why, all I can say is it's worth something to somebody.' "'Certainly. Here's a sovereign for a start. "'If you can tell me anything really worth knowing, I will add four more to it.' "'Now that's talking.' I'm off duty at eight o'clock, and I can't have a chat now because I expect the inspector at any minute. Suppose you call and see me in Victoria Street at nine? Right you are, sir. Bruce gave the man his address and recrossed the square. Few people were abroad, so he walked straight to the first door of Raleigh Mansions and made his way to the fourth floor. Had he been a moment later, he must have seen Mrs. Hilmer, closely wrapped up, leave her residence unattended. Her carriage was not in waiting. She walked to the cab-stand in the square and called a hansom, driving back up Sloane Street. Her actions indicated a desire to be unobserved even by her servants, as in the usual course of events the housemaid would have brought a cab to the door. But the barrister, steadily climbing up the stairs, could not guess what was happening in the street he soon opened Mensmore's door and noted, as an idle fact, that the expected gust of cold air was absent. There was no light on this landing, so he was in pitch darkness once he had passed the doorway. There was no need to strike a match, however, as he remembered the exact position of the electric switchboard on the left beyond the dining-room door. He stepped cautiously forward and stretched forth his hand to grope for the lever. With a quick rush, some two or three assailants flung themselves upon him, and after a fierce, gasping struggle, for Bruce was a strong man, he was borne to the floor face downwards with one arm beneath him and the other pinioned behind his back. "'Look sharp, Jim,' shouted a breathless voice. "'Turn on the light and close the door. We've got him safe enough.' They had— two large hands were clutched round his neck a knee was firmly embedded in the small of his back another hand gripped his left wrist like a vice while some one sat on his legs he could not have been collared more effectually by a rugby international team the third man found the electric light and turned it on now get up said some one and don't give us any more trouble it's no use the barrister who had had his wind knocked out of him, rose to his knees. Then, as the light fell upon the horrified face of Mr. White, he vainly essayed to keep up the pretense of indignation. Once fairly on his feet, he nearly collapsed with laughter. He leaned against the wall, and as his breath came again, he laughed until his sides ached. Meanwhile, the detective was crimson with rage and annoyance. His two assistants did not know what to make of the affair. "'What's wrong, Jim?' said one at last. "'Isn't this Corbett?' "'No, of course it's not,' was his angry growl. "'Then who the blank is it?' "'Oh, ask me another. How on earth could I guess, Mr. Bruce, that you'd come letting yourself in here with a latch-key?' Claude was still holding his sore ribs and could not answer, but the policeman who had questioned White caught the name. He recognized it and grinned at his companion. "'What did you want here, anyhow?' snarled the infuriated detective, as he realized that his great coup would be retailed with embellishments through every police station in the metropolis. "'I wanted you to arrest me, White?' roared Claude. I said you would, and you have. Confound it! How could you know I was here? You were sure to wait here for a man who probably will not return for months. Was I indeed? Well, you have yourself to blame if you are hurt. I hope my mates did not treat you too badly. What? cried the one, who had not yet spoken. He gave me such a punch on the bread-basket that I only just recovered my speech. "'I think we're about quits,' said the other, surveying a torn waistcoat and a broken watch-chain. "'I shall be black and blue all over to-morrow,' said Bruce. "'But if you are satisfied, I am. "'Come, Mr. White, bring your friends, and we will open a bottle of wine. "'We all want it. "'Corbett won't be here to-night. "'Just now he is in Wyoming.' "'How do you know?' "'By intuition. "'I am seldom mistaken.' "'But why didn't you call out just now when you came in?' I hadn't a chance. You were on me like a thousand of bricks. I must confess that if Corbett were in my shoes, he would be a doomed man.' White didn't know whether to believe Bruce or not. He was genuinely angry at the incident, but the barrister did not want to convert him into an enemy, and he vaguely felt that a catastrophe was imminent, and a false move by the police might do irretrievable mischief. "'Well, Inspector,' he said, I must confess that this time you have got the better of me. I did not know you were here. I looked in for the purpose of quietly studying the ground, as it were, and I was never more taken by surprise in my life. Moreover, your plan was a very clever one, in view of the fact that Corbett might return at any moment. The detective became more amiable at this praise from the famous amateur, for Bruce's achievements were well known to his two colleagues. "'I suppose you wondered what had happened,' he said with a smile. "'I thought my last hour had come. I'm only sorry that Corbett himself did not have the experience.' "'Do you really believe he is in the States, sir?' "'I am sure of it.' "'Then he must have returned there since he wrote that letter.' "'That is the only solution of the difficulty.' Huh, it's a pity. Why? I would sooner prefer to arrest him on this side. To get him by extradition is a slow affair, and probably means a trip across the Atlantic. Good humour being now restored, the party quitted the flat and adjourned to a neighbouring hotel, where the barrister started white on the full, true, and particular account of his pursuit and capture of the Winchmore Hill burglars, an exploit which was the pride of the detective's life at the end of a bottle of champagne and a cigar they all parted excellent friends but bruce did not attempt to revisit Rayleigh mansions that night instead he partook of a quiet meal at a restaurant and hurried to his chambers to await the advent of the ticket collector punctual to the hour this new witness arrived and was admitted by smith in obedience with previous instructions the man was somewhat awed by the surroundings and the appearance of a servant in livery, but Bruce quickly put him at his ease. "'Come, sit near the fire. Do you drink whisky and soda? That box contains your favourite cigars. Now tell me all you know about this business.' "'I can't say as I know anything about it, sir, but by putting two and two together it makes four sometimes. Not always.' quite right you're a philosopher let me hear the two and twos we will see about the addition afterwards oh well sir this your lady was a missin early in november she takes a ticket at victoria station on the district for richmond she gives it up to me at Sloane square asks a newsboy the way to Raleigh mansions for he told me so after you'd been to see me and from what you say has been swallowed up ever since the lord chief couldn't state the case more simply that's the first two now for the second two and you won't forget as i knew nothing about the lady being dead or i should have opened my mouth long afore this go on no one can blame you there's an old chap foxy they calls him but i don't know his right name who drives a four-wheeler around chelsea and he had taken a fare from the square to the city. It might be four o'clock, or it might be five, but he was on his way back from Cornhill, when a gent, a tall, good-looking gent, a youngish, military chap, hails him, and says, "'Cabby, drive me to a slain square. There is no hurry but take care, because it's foggy.' Old Foxy nearly jumps out of his skin at this bit of good luck, He was pretty full then, for he's a regular beer-barrel he is, but he made up his mind to have a fair old skinful that night. Well, Foxy drives him all right to the square. The gent gives him five bob and says, Wait here for me, cabby. You can drive me home in about an hour's time. This was at five-thirty. Foxy drew up near the station, tells me all about it, and stands me two beers. He was that pleased with hisself. He goes to give his host a nose-bag, in comes the Richmond train, and out pops the lady with the Richmond ticket. Do you follow me? Every word, and you see now how it is I can fix the day perfectly. Well, I sees no more of Foxy. I missed him about the square, so one day I axes at the rank. Where's Foxy, and where do you think he was? I cannot tell in. Quad. In jail? Why? That's it. That's number two of the twos. Pardon me, but I'm getting a bit mixed. Well, it seems that, that very night, coming back from Putney as drunk as a lord, old Foxy runs over a barrier. He and the coaster has a fight. The police come, and Foxy dots one bobby in the blinkers and another in the boco. You wouldn't think it was in him. He must have been paralytic. So he was locked up. "'Locked up! He was dragged there by the heels. Next morning he comes before a beak.' "'We was all drunk together, your worship,' he says. "'I took a fare from the city to Sloan Square, and he left me for more an hour. He comes back excited like—been boozin' art, I suppose—brings my cab up to a house, carries in a lady who was that toxicated she couldn't stand, and tells me to drive to Putney. "'We gets there, and I says, you've nearly killed my horse, governor.' "'With that he gives me a fiver, a five-pound note, your worship.' "'What has that got to do with the charge?' says the Beak. "'What?' says Foxy. "'If a chap gives you a fiver for driving him to Putney, wouldn't you get drunk?' "'With that the magistrate gives him three months for assaulting the police "'and fines him the balance of the fiver for being drunk in charge of a horse and cab.' "'The ticket-collector took a long drink after this recital.' i hope you will not follow foxy's example said bruce rising how do you mean sir because i am going to keep my word here are the four sovereigns i owe you in your case your two and two have made five Uh, thank you sir you're a brick no fear of me melting this little lot the missus will be on em like a bird when i tell her and the man spat upon the coins with evident relish as he handled them "'One word more,' said Bruce. "'Where was this man tried?' "'At the West London Police Court.' "'You can get me his real name and post it to me?' "'Sure, sir. Anyway, I'll try.' "'I am greatly obliged to you.' "'And has my yarn been of any use to you, sir?' "'The greatest. It has solved the puzzle. However, I will see you again. Good-bye. Don't forget to write.' Cornhill is in the direct line from Leadenhall Street. Mused Claude when he was alone. Any one coming to Sloane Square from Dutch and Company's office would pass through it. Upon my word, things look very black against Mensmore. Yet I cannot believe it. End of chapter Sixteen.